Lord be with you. Let us pray. Oh God, show us what it means to follow you in this time and this day and in the lives we live. Amen. I'm going to assume that you were either listening along as Betty read the story, or maybe you already know the story. So I want to ask you, would you have done what these two sets of brothers did? Simon and Andrew and James and John. Would you have just left everything immediately and went and followed Jesus? No. You know, well, good answer. Well, an answer. If Jesus came in here right now, he walked up to Jimmy and said, Jimmy, I want you to come follow me right now. Not to put the spot on you, Jimmy, but there'd be a lot of, a, <laughs> be a lot of a, um, 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 ums. I know I wouldn't go. If that helps matters if you're thinking the same thing. And I will say I think Jesus calls us, but Jesus calls us in a different way. And perhaps he did in that day. I want to look at the context of this story. Um, to get us going, uh, Jesus, at the very beginning of Mark, Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. That story that we read a few weeks ago about that uh, the heavens were torn apart and uh, the dove came down and a voice from heaven speaks and says, This is my son whom I love. Um, what does he say after that? He says something after that. Um, oh, yeah, with him I'm well pleased. Okay. And then right after that story, it's a story we're going to read in a few weeks. Immediately, it says that the Spirit drove him into the wilderness where he was tempted by 40 days. We know that story. And then right after that, we get to what we read today. And it says that John has been arrested. And now Jesus' ministry will begin. Comes to Galilee, he's proclaiming good news. He says the time is fulfilled or here. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Then he goes out and he's walking at the Sea of Galilee. He sees... Simon and his brother Andrew fishing, calls them and says that they left their nets right there and followed him right away, immediately. Goes a little bit farther, sees James and John, the sons of Zebedee, they're out fishing too. Jesus calls them and they leave immediately, leaving their dad and the hired hands with them, leaving it all behind and follows. And off they go. I think the question I ask is a bit unfair but I do think Jesus still calls us to follow, but in our own unique setting. And I think Jesus' call to follow is based on the words that he launches his ministry with. I want to look at that. The time is fulfilled. The kingdom of God has come near. That word time, there's two different meanings for time. Time can be like, well, what time is it? Well, it's about 1125 or According to our clock, we haven't changed 1225. That's one set of time. That is chronos time, chronology time. But also the, the word used here is kairos. And that word means opportune time or the right now time. What time is it? It's time right now. Now is the time. That's what Jesus' word by kairos means. The kairos is right now. The kingdom of God 
kingdom of God, the, the presence of God, not just up in heaven, but the presence of God and the here and now of life. It says, is it a hand or it has come near? It is among us, Jesus says. Repent. Believe the good news. That word repent, that word Greek is metanoia. You've heard me say this before. Metanoia is meta. Meta means above or beyond. Noia means mind. Metanoia, repent, literally means beyond the mind. In other words, be open to that which is different than what we know. Be open to the God who will call us into new ways beyond our own mind. Repent. Be open to the new, to the God. And believe, trust the good news. The good news, the gospel. Which for the disciples would be Jesus. Jesus is the good news. And, and in the story of the disciples following Jesus, they, they leave everything and they go and they see what the kingdom of God is all about being lived out in the life and the ministry and the teaching and the supper fellowship that Jesus has with others. They see that and they follow along the way. And of course, all along the way, and Mark especially talks about this, the disciples, they don't understand Jesus a lot of times. They get mad at Jesus. They chew him out sometimes. They choose to, to think he's just nuts. Other times, they run away. The disciples run away. And yet Jesus continued to call them to follow Their following is different than ours, but one thing is similar. Jesus calls us to follow, and like those disciples, when we choose to follow, we will stumble and fall and fail miserably. We're called to follow. And again, I want to look at that verse. The time is fulfilled. The time is right now. Now is the time. The kingdom of God is at hand. The presence of God and the call of God to embrace the realm of God, which involves love of God and love of neighbor as we love ourselves. The kingdom of God is right now. Repent and believe and trust the good news. Now the question is, what is the good news? The way that some Christians live out the good news. It seems to be anything but good news. For instance, they'll take this text about uh, be fishers of men, which is, should be translated fishers of people because it's not just men. It's all people, men and women and young and old and kids and all that stuff. Fishers of all people. Some interpret that to mean, okay, we Christians, we have this good news. And the good news is this. If you believe like we do, you can go to heaven. If you don't believe like we do, then you're going to go to hell. And our job is to go out and tell all of you who are not Christian that you're going to hell if you don't believe like we do. And the job is to go out and go fishing and catch these people for Jesus. Now that's kind of crass. But I think that's in effect what much of Christian thought might be. That if you're not a Christian like we know Christian, then you're going to hell. That supposedly is the good news. 
Well, here's what I think the good news is. And this is how I think Jesus lived the good news. The good news is that God loves us, period. God loves us no matter who we are. And if we trust that good news that God loves us, if we trust that, that means we repent, we open our minds to try to embrace what that might actually mean, and then we spend the rest of our lives not only figuring out what it means that God loves us, but how God wants us to love others. That is good news. What is the good news? The good news is embracing God's love and sharing that love. That's what Jesus did. That's what we're called to do. And I hope that there's some sense of joy in doing that. Instead of, we're the right ones, they're the wrong ones, and let's watch them go to hell because they don't believe like we do. What are some examples of how I think God is calling us to follow in the way of Jesus right now because the time is right now. The kingdom of God is right here. How do we repent and believe and trust in that God loves us all? I came across one example just this past week, and I'm not going to say who because somebody in here may figure it out. But I was involved with some folks this week and shared with this one lady who um, works with children in her church. And she was telling me about this one young person who I happen to know through associations at our kids' school. And she kept talking about this kid and how much she cared about this particular young man. And what impressed me the most is that I know a little history of this young man, and it's a history that none of us would want to have to live because it's a totally absent mother. I have no idea about a father. And it's a grandmother who's raising this kid and is pretty reluctant to do it. And yet this lady that's working with the children in her church absolutely makes sure this kid is doing okay. And I saw that in practice. That's someone who is embracing the notion of being open and trusting that God's love goes with us. How about teachers? You know, I've heard this, that we've taken God out of the schools. Well, I would invite you to come to my school sometime, and I can see, point you to some of the teachers there who do what they do largely because they believe that God loves all of us and that that child in their classroom is a loved child of God, and that teacher wants to make sure that child is okay, not just academically, but in life. Teachers are the most underappreciated and undervalued and, of course, underpaid of all people. Or how about students? Young people are called to embrace, the, to repent, and to, be, and to trust that God loves all of us. Students are called to trust that. Not only that God loves them for who they are and that they don't have to pretend, but that God wants them to love others. And boy, that's hard especially when you put a face to the others at school. Or how about the stay-at-home moms? Or the grandparents who are, in effect, having to help raise their grandchildren? 
What an awesome responsibility and call to be open to the trust that God's good news is for them in raising those children. There's nothing more important. Or how about all of you who work for the state? Now, let me confess, I don't understand much about what any of y'all do that have worked or do work for the state because there's all these departments and, and heads and cubicles and I just can't think that way. But I know you do important stuff and I'm going to tell you one. Kim told me this week and she'd be mad. Kim Holloway, our secretary, who I never get to see anymore. She was telling me about how much she, she works something about with unemployment. Our government is something about cut down all the local unemployment offices. Thank you so much. And so they, this one office fields a whole bunch of calls. And Kim enjoys her job because she has the opportunity to help people who desperately need help. And she does it in Kim's way, which we all know is a way of just pure love. That's doing that. And not just that, but in the jobs, the work that you do, and I've heard from several of you, the relationships you have with other people, and working with them in their own lives, in the joys and in the sorrows of life. I mean, look at our prayer list. It's filled with people that you work with. And I'm assuming that you care enough about them and that you want them people on the prayer list. Or how about places in our community? Several of you are retired. And I know that you're plugged into places in our community and all sorts of places, whether it be the senior center, the women's shelter downtown, um, the the working with the dogs and cats at the different, whatever those places are called down there, I forget, I didn't write it down. But all the places in life where we see an opportunity to share. I won't even mention about those who work in the um, first responder places like Jimmy up here. Where and how is God calling you? And he is because the time is right now, right now, not Okay, maybe another time. No, not me. No, the time is right now because the kingdom of God is right here at hand and God is making God's new. God is doing it right now. The call is to you, to all of us, to repent, to be open to the new and trust that God loves all of us and therefore, because God loves all of us, we are called. How is God calling you or affirming your call? in how you live your life. Thanks be to God that God is not just a God that's far away. God is not a God that can't wait to send some people to hell. And God is not a God that is anything else but love and grace. And thanks be to God for that God. Amen.